Act Three of If I Had a Father by George MacDonald. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Three, Scene: A Garret Room, Mattie Susan. At the worst, we've got to die some day, Sue, and I don't know but hunger may be as easy a way as another. I'd rather have a choice, though, and it's not hunger I would choose. There are worse ways. Never mind. We don't seem likely to be bothered with choosing. <sighs> There's that buttonhole done. Lays down her work with a sigh and leans back in her chair. I'll take it to old Nathan. It'll be a chop apiece. It's wonderful what a chop can do to harden you up. I don't think we ought to buy chops, dear. We must be content with bread, I think. <laughs> bread, indeed. Well, it's something to eat. Do you call it eaten when you see a dog polishing a bone? Bread's very good with a cup of tea. Tea, indeed. Fawn color, trimmed with sky blue. If you'd mentioned lobster salad and sherry now. I never tasted lobster salad. I have, though, and I do call lobster salad good. You don't care about your whittles. I do. When I'm hungry, I'm not at all comfortable. Poor dear Sue. There is a crust in the cupboard. I can't eat crusts. I want summat nice. I ain't dying of hunger. It's only I'm peckish. Very peckish, though. I could eat. Oh, let me see what I could eat. I could eat a lobster salad and two dozen oysters and a lump of cake and the wing and the leg of a chicken mm. if it was a spring chicken with water creases round it and a bath bun and a sandwich and in fact i don't know what i couldn't eat except just that crust in the cupboard and i do believe i could drink a whole bottle of champagne I don't know what one of those things tastes like. Scarce one. And I don't believe you do either. Don't I? I never did taste champagne, but I've seen them eaten lobster salad many a time. Girls not half so good looking as you or me, Maddie, and fine gentlemen awaiting upon them. Oh dear, I am so hungry. Think of having you supper with a real gentleman as talks to you as if you was fit to talk to not like them jew tailors as tosses your work about as if it dirtied their fingers and them none so clean for all their fine rings i saw nathan's joseph in a pastry cook's last saturday and a very pretty girl with him poor thing oh the hussy to let that beast pay for her i suppose she was hungry I'd die before I let a snob like that treat me. No, Maddie, I spoke of a real gentleman. Are you sure you wouldn't take Nathan's Joseph for a gentleman if he was civil to you? Thank you, miss. I know a sham from a real gentleman the moment I set eyes on him. What do you mean by a real gentleman, Susan? A gentleman as makes a lady of his girl. But what sort of lady, Sue? The poor girl may fancy herself a lady, but only till she's left in the dirt. That sort of gentleman makes fine speeches to your face and calls you horrid names behind your back. 
Sue, dear, don't have a word to say to one of them, if he speaks ever so soft. Larks, Maddie, they ain't all one sort. You won't have more than one sort to choose from. They may be rough or civil, good-natured or bad, but they're all the same in this, that not one of them cares a pin more for you than if you was a horse. No, nor half a quarter so much. Don't for God's sake have a word to say to one of them. If I die, Susan... If you do, Matilda, if you go and do that thing, I'll take to gin. That's what I'll do. Don't say I didn't act fair and tell you beforehand. How can I help dying, Susan? I say don't do it, Maddie. We'll fall out if you do. Don't do it, Matilda. La, there's that lumpin' Bill again. Always a-comin' up the stair when you don't want him. Enter Bill. Well, Bill, how have you been getting on? Pretty tall, Matty. But I can't go on, so. Holds out his tool. It ain't respectable. What ain't respectable? Everything's respectable that's honest. Why, whoever saw a respectable shiner going there but with a three-legged stew for a blackened box? It ain't the thing. The regulars chaps me fit to throw it at their aids, they does. Only there's too many on em, and I've got to draw it mild. A box I must have, or a fellow's occupation's gone. Look here, here. One Bob, one Tanner, and a Jay. There. That's what comes of never condescending to a halfpenny. Bless us. What mighty fine words we've got awaiting on us. If I have a weakness, Miss Susan, it's for the right word in the right place. As the coster said to the devil, old Jazz burned him up for profane swearing. When a gentleman offers me a halfpenny, I axes him in the politest manner I can assume to oblige me by giving of it to the first beggar he may have the good fortune to meet. Some on them throws down the halfpenny, those from makes it a penny. But I say, May, you don't want nobody out you, do you know? I don't know what you mean by that, Bill. You don't want a father, do you know? Do she, Susan? We want no father a Hector in here, Bill. You ain't seen one about, have you? I've seen a regular swell automatic, anyhow. What do you mean, Bill? A regular swell. I repeat it. I asked not a young woman by the name of Matty. Susan pulling him aside. Hold your tongue, Bill. You'll kill her. You young viper. Hold your tongue or I'll twist your neck. Don't you see how white she is? What was he like? Do tell me, Bill. A long-legged regular swill, the gold chain, and a king with a harvery handle. He's a bad man, Bill, and Matty can't abide him. If you tell him where she is, she'll never speak to you again. Oh, Susan, what shall I do? Don't bring him here, Bill. I shall have to run away again, and I can't, for we owe a week's rent. There. Bill. Don't you be a fear, Matty. He shan't touch you. Nor the old one either. There wasn't an old man with him. Not an old man with a long stick? Not with him. Daddy was on his own hook. It must have been my father, Susan. Since back on her chair. Tain't the least likely. There, Bill. I always said you was no good. You've killed her. Matty. Matty. I didn't tell him where you was. Matty reviving. Run and fetch him, Bill. There's a dear. Oh, how proud I've been. If Mother did say a hard word, she didn't mean it. Not for long. 
Run, Bill, run and fetch him. Matty, I was a fetching of him, but he wouldn't trust me. And didn't he cut up crusty and call me tight? He's a game old cock, he is, Matty. Matty getting up and pacing about the room. Oh, Susan, my heart'll break. To think he's somewhere near and I can't get to him. Oh, my side. Don't you know where he is, Bill? He's somewhere about. And blow me if I don't find him. A respectable old potty in a white pinny. And appeared if you go on a walk until he walked himself off starting. A scrumptious old potty. Had he a stick, Bill? Yes, a knobby stick. Leastways, a stick with knobs all over it. That's him, Susan. I could swear to the stick. Was too near getting at the taste on it not to know it again. When was it you saw him, Bill? Yesterday, Matty. Just after he gave me the tart. I saw him again this morning, but he won't place no confidence in me. Oh, dear, why didn't you come straight to me, Bill? If I only had known as you wanted him. But, but that was such an unlikely thing. It's very provoking. I use my judgment and puts my hoof in it. I'm sorry, Matty, but I didn't know no better. Crying. Don't cry, Bill. You'll find him for me yet, won't you? I'm off this identical minute. But you see... There, there. Now you mizzle. I don't want no fathers here, goodness knows. But the poor girl's took a fancy to hers, and she'll die if she don't get him. Run now, there's a good boy. Exit Bill. You ain't forgotten who's a coming, Matty. No, indeed. Well, I hope she'll be civil, or I'll just give her a bit of my mind. Not enough to change hers, I'm afraid. That sort of thing never does any good. And am I to go a twiddling of my thumbs and saying, Yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am? Not if I knows it, Matilda. You will only make her the more positive in her ill opinion of us. <laughs> and what's that to me? Well, I don't like to be thought a thief. Besides, Mrs. Clifford has been kind to us. She's paid us for work done. So has old Nathan. Did old Nathan ever give you a glass of wine when you took home his slops? Oh, that don't cost much. And besides, she takes it out in kingdom come. You're unfair, Susan. Well, it's little fairness I get. And to set that right, you're unfair yourself. What you call speaking your mind is as cheap and as nasty as the worst shoddy old Nathan ever got gobble-stitched into coats and trousers. Very well, Miss Matilda. Rising and snatching her bonnet. The sooner we part, the better. You stick by your fine friends. I don't care that for them. Snapping her fingers. And you may tell em so. I can make a living without them or you either. Goodness gracious knows it ain't much of a living I've made since I come across you, miss. Exit. Matty trying to rise. Susan! Susan! Ugh! Lays her head on the table. You tap at the door and enter Mrs. Clifford with James behind. Matty rises. Wait on the landing, James. Yes, ma'am. Exit James, leaving the door a little ajar. Well, Miss Pearson. Matty offers a chair. No, thank you. That person is still with you, I see. Indeed, ma'am. She's an honest girl. 
she is a low creature and capable of anything i advise you to get rid of her was she rude on the stair ma'am rude vulgar quite vulgar insulting i am very sorry but believe me ma'am she is an honest girl and never pawned that work it was done every stitch of it and the loss of the money is hard upon us too indeed ma'am she did lose the parcel you have only her word for it if you don't give her up i give you up i can't ma'am she might go into bad ways if i did she can't well get into worse her language you would do ever so much better without her i daren't ma'am i should never get it off my conscience your conscience indeed rising i wish you a good morning miss pearson sound of a blow followed by scuffling what is that i fear i have got into an improper place susan bursts in yes ma'am and that you have it's a very improper place for the likes o' you ma'am as believes all sorts of wicked things of people as is poor who are you to bring your low flunkies a-listening at honest girls doors turning to james in the doorway get out will you let me catch you here again and i'll mark you that the devil wouldn't know his own you dirty paul pry you falls on her knees to mattie mattie you angel mattie trying to make her get up never mind it's all right between you and me susan i see i thought as much susan starting up as much as what then my lady oh i know you and your sort well enough we're the dirt under your feet lucky if we stick to your shoes but this room's mine that linen was mine young woman i believe and it's for that miserable parcel you come a-talking and abusing as no lady ought to how dare you look that angel in the face there and say she stole it which you're not fit to lace her boots for her there susan susan do be quiet it's all very well for the likes of me courtesying spitefully which i'm no better than i should be and a great deal worse if i'm on my oath to your ladyship that's neither here nor there but she's better than a van load of sich ladies as you prying into other people's houses with your bibles and your religion and your flunkies i know ye i do don't susan why don't you go and pay tuppence a week to somebody to learn your good manners i've been better brought up myself i see i was wrong i ought at once to have handed the matter over to the police <laughs> the police indeed you get out of this ma'am or i'll make you you and your cowardly men pop there as is afraid to look me in the face through the crack of the door get out i say with your insolence that's your word exit mrs clifford susan susan what is to become of us <laughs> she daren't do it the old scrooge but just let her try it on see if i don't show her up before the magistrate maddie i'll work my fingers to the bone for you i would do worse only you won't let me i'll go to the court and tell the magistrate you're a dying of hunger which it's as true as gospel 
They'd send me to the workhouse, Suki. There must be some good people somewhere, Smetty. Yes, if we could get at them. But we can live till we die, Suki. I'll go and list for a soldier. I will. Women had done it afore. It's quite respectable, so long as they don't find you out. And they shouldn't me. There's never one of the redcoats will cut up rougher than I shall, barn the beard, and that don't go for much nowadays. And what should I do without you, Susan? Do you care to have me, then? That I do, indeed. But you shouldn't have talked like that to Mrs. Clifford. Ladies ain't used to such words. They sound worse than they are. Quite dreadful to them. She don't know your kind heart as I do. Besides, the look of things is against us, ain't it now? Say yourself. Susan starting up. I'll go and beg her pardon. I'll go directly. I will. I swear I will. I can't bear her, but I'll do it. I believe hunger is nigh drove me mad. It takes all the madness out of me. No, Susan. We must bear it now. Come along. We can be miserable just as well working. There's your sleeve. I'll thread your needle for you. Don't cry, there's a dear. I will cry. It's all I ever could do to my own mind, and it's all as is left me. But if I could get my claws on that lovier of yours, I wouldn't cry then. He's at the bottom of it. I don't see myself what's the use of falling in love. One man's as much of a fool as another to me. But you must go to bed. You ain't fit. You'll be easier when you've got your frock off. There. Why, child, you're all of a tremble. And no wonder, with nothing on her blessed body but her frock and her shimmy. Don't take off my frock, Sue. I must get on with my work. Lie down a bit, anyhow. I'll lie at your back, and you'll soon be as warm as a toast. Mattie lays down. Oh, Lord, she's dead. Her heart stopped beating. Runs out of the room. A moment of silence. A tap at the door. Constance peeps in. Then he enters with a basket. Miss Pearson, she's asleep. Goes near. Good heavens! Lays her hand on her. No. Takes a bottle from her basket, finds a cup, and pours into it. Take this, Miss Pearson. It will do you good. There now. You'll find something else in the basket. I don't want anything. I had so nearly got away. Why did you bring me back? Life is good. It is not good. How dare you do it? Why keep a miserable creature alive? Life ain't to us what it is to you. The grave is the only place we have any right to. If I could make your life worth something to you. You make my life worth to me. You don't know what you're saying, miss. Sitting up. I think I do. I will not owe my life to you. I could love you, though. Your hands are so white, and you look so brave. That's what comes of being born a lady. We never have a chance. Miss Pearson, Maddie, I would call you if you wouldn't be offended. Me offended, miss? I've not got life enough for it. I only want my father and my mother, and a long sleep. If I had been born rich... You might have been miserable all the same. Listen, Maddie, I will tell you my story. I was once as badly off as you worse in some ways, ran about the streets without shoes to my feet, and hardly a frock to cover me. 
La, miss, you don't say so. It's not possible. Look at you. Indeed, I tell you the truth. I know what hunger is, too, well enough. My father was a silk weaver in Spitalfields. When he died, I didn't know where to go, but a gentleman— Oh, a gentleman. Why couldn't you be content with one, then? I don't understand you. I dare say not. There, take your basket. I'll die afore a morsel passes my lips. There, go away, miss. Constance has said. Poor girl, she's delirious. I must ask William to fetch a doctor. Exit. I wish my hands were as white as hers. Enter Susan, followed by Colonel Gervais, Constance behind. Maddie, dear Maddie, this gentleman, don't be vexed. I couldn't help him being a gentleman. I was crying that bad, and I didn't see no one come up to me. And when he spoke to me, it made me jump, and I couldn't help answering of him. He spoke so civil and soft-like, and me nigh mad. I thought he was dead, Maddie. He says he'll see us righted, Maddie. I'll do what I can if you will tell me what's amiss. Oh, everything's amiss, everything. Who was that went out, Maddie, this minute as we come in? Miss Lacordaire. Her imperence? Well, I should die of shame if I was her. She's an angel, Susan. There's her basket. I told her to take it away, but she would leave it. Susan peeping into the basket. Oh, my! Ain't this nice? You must have a bit, Maddie. Not one mouthful. You wouldn't have me, Susan. I ain't so particular. Eating a great mouthful. You really must, Maddie. Goes on eating. Don't tease her. We'll get something for her presently. And don't you eat too much all at once. I think she'd like a chop, sir. Oh, there's that boy Bill again. Always when he ain't wanted. Enter Bill. Bill has said to Susan. What's the row? What's the egg gent up to? I've been and had enough of gents. They're a bad lot. I've been too much for one on em, though. I have run him down. And Matty, I found the old gentleman. My father, Bill? That's it precisely. Right as a trivet he is. Susan, take hold of me. My heart's going again. Law, what's up with Matty? She do look dreadful. You been and upset her, you clumsy boy. Here, run and fetch a sausage or two, and a... No, no, that will never do. Them's for Bill and me, sir. I was a-going on, sir. And Bill, a chop, a nice chop. But, Lord, how are we to cook it, with never a frying-pan or a bit of fire to set it on? You'd never think of doing a chop for an invalid in the frying-pan? Certainly not, sir. We ain't got one. Everything's up to spoutin' over the top. Run, Bill. A bit of cold chicken and two pints of bottle stout. There's the money the gentleman give me. Tain't no Miss Lecker dares, Maddie. Or trouble no gentleman to provide for my family. Oblige all the same, sir. Matty never was a dob at dewirin. But I'll get her summit to some. I favor scrub myself. I'll go with you, Bill. I want to talk to you. Well, uh, I ain't no objection. So be you wants to talk friendly, sir. Good night. I'll come and see you tomorrow. God bless you, sir. You've saved both on our lives. I was a-going to drown myself, Matty, 
i really was this time wasn't i sir well you look like it that is all i can say you shall do it next time so far as i'm concerned i won't never know more again sir not if mary don't drive me to it constance to colonel jervis come back for me in a little while yes miss come bill exit all right sir i'm a foreign as the cat said to the pigeon exit i'll just go and get you a cup of tea mrs jones kettle's sure to be a bylin that's what you would like exit constance steps aside and susan passes without seeing her oh to be a baby again in my mother's arms but it'll soon be over now constance comes forward i hope you're a little better now you're very kind miss and i beg your pardon for speaking to you as i did don't say a word about it you didn't quite know what you were saying i'm in trouble myself i don't know how soon i may be worse off than you why miss i thought you were going to be married no i am not why miss what's happened he's never going to play you false is he i don't mean ever to speak to him again what has he done to offend you miss nothing only i know now i don't like him to tell you the truth mattie he's not a gentleman not a gentleman miss how dare you say so do you know anything about him did you ever see him yes where oh, once at your house oh i remember that time i begin to it couldn't be at the sight of him you fainted mattie you knew him tell me tell me make me sure of it to give you your revenge no it's a mean spite to say he ain't a gentleman perhaps you and i have different ideas of what goes to make a gentleman very likely oh don't be vexed mattie i didn't mean to hurt you oh i dare say if you talk to me like that i must go i never asked you to come well i did want to be friendly with you i wouldn't hurt you for the world mattie bursting into tears <laughs> i beg your pardon miss i'm behaving like a brute but you must forgive me my heart is breaking poor dear kissing her so is mine almost let us be friends where's susan gone to fetch me a cup of tea she'll be back directly don't let her say bad words i can't bear them i think it's because i was so used to them once in the streets i mean not at home never at home she don't often miss she's a good-hearted creature it's only when hunger makes her cross she don't like to be hungry i should think not poor girl don't mind what she says please if you say nothing she'll come all right when she's spoken her mind she feels better here she comes re-enter susan it begins to grow dark well and who have we got here miss lacordaire suki there's no lack a dare about her to come here it's very kind of her to come susan i tell you what miss that parcel was stole it was stole miss stole from me and that angel there a-dyin in the street i'm quite sure of it susan i never thought anything else not but i allow it was a pity miss i'm very sorry but bless you lighting a candle with all your fine clothes my you look like a theatre queen you do miss if you was to send them up the spout now my 
what a lot they'd let you have on that silk the shawl is worth a good deal i believe it's an indian one all needlework and the beautiful silk laws miss just shouldn't i like to wear a frock like that i should be hard up before i pledged that but the shawl if i was you miss i would send most everything up before that things inside you know miss where it don't matter so much constance laughing <laughs> the shawl would be the first thing i should part with i would rather be nice inside than out lark miss i shouldn't wonder if that was one of the differs now well i never it ain't seen it must be one of the differs what differs i don't understand you the differs between girls and ladies girls like me and real ladies like you oh i see but how dark it has got what can be keeping william i must go at once or what will my aunt say would you mind going with me a little bit susan i'll go with pleasure miss just a little way i mean till we get to the wide streets you couldn't lend me an old cloak could you i ain't got one stitch miss but what i stand up in except it be a hot glove and half a pocket anchor nobody will know you but i oughtn't to be out dressed like this you've only got to turn up your skirt over your head miss constance drawing up her skirt i never thought of that well i never what's the matter only the whiteness o the linin as took my breath away miss it ain't no use turnin of it up you look like a lady whatever you do to hide it but never mind that ain't no disgrace so long as you don't look down on the rest of us there miss there you are fit for play come along i'll take care of you Locks, i'm as good as a man i am good-bye then maddie good-bye miss god bless you exeunt end of act three